Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm a match. She kerosene. You know she gonna burn down everything. She an arsonist in a pastime. And I've been burned for the last time. So first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. For me, it has been a year-long mission to get you on. And the journey begins in Kevin Kerslake's house in Venice Beach uh, in May last year. Wow. And I was around there, and we recorded a chat. And I think you literally just put out the She's Kerosene video to launch this new album campaign. And he was telling me that, if I'm right, it's him like as director of photography and Tim as director. That's right. Is that how that Correct. went down? Correct. Yeah. Amazing. And, and he put us in touch with Dan, and that's why we're here. So shout out to Kevin. Thank you Oh, uh, that's much. great. And what you may or may not know about Kevin Kerslake, who's an awesome cinematographer, is he had broken his ankle in a hockey injury. Well, he was in a full body cast, well, leg cast yes. that day. So he shot our video, and he was on a, like a, a trolley, and he had a guy pushing him, and he was like directing this guy like, forward, forward, back, back. As faster, he's faster. Shooting, faster, slower. It was incredible to watch that, like, when he showed up to the location scout the first day, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? He's like, I'm able to do this. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, all right, well, if anyone can, it's him. And, and um, he's worked with Tim a lot, and he's such a great, great, they're a great team, you know? Well, he's from the action sports background as well, isn't he? So he's like, I'm getting the job done. It doesn't matter the state that I'm in. Yeah, it's 100%. And Tim, as a director, comes from punk rock and DIY, making your own videos. So we always make it work. And Tim's directed, I think, all of our videos at this point. So, um, yeah, we've, had, we've, 
we just trust we trust them we trust the process and it's we've never been disappointed so how did you two did you two meet before the sort of four of you met as one or how did the kind of the family begin um we were on tour i was a solo artist on tour and kevin jesse and justin were in another band and we were on the same tour with sugar Sugar ray Ray and the dirty heads and um we became fast friends and started writing songs within a year of meeting each other and uh then you know tim heard some stuff and tim uh i started writing songs with tim and then we decided that we wanted to be a band and that he you know was he wanted to produce it or yeah it was such a whirlwind it happened so <laughs> organically cuz like she said we're writing songs together and then Tim heard some of the stuff we were writing together and he started writing songs with Amy. We started making a record. We brought the twins in to work on the record. So, so you three are in a band beforehand and you're yes. out kind of, is it what, like a jam sort of power trio type thing? It, or? No, no, no. It's us and then these two other brothers. It was called Telecasters. It's like rock reggae. So like very reggae influenced. And they were and brothers as well. They were brothers as Brilliant. well. Yeah. yeah. So it was like <laughs> double Oasis. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, so that, you know, it really did happen organically because all of us had been in the same room making tracks before we were called the interrupters. You know what I mean? So yeah. once we started the band, it was like the, the, the team was already there. Like we had already been in a studio working together and Tim had been producing. So like it was, it made the most sense and it just kind of organically happened. We made the first record super fast and uh, we never really looked back either. And that was what, 2012? End of 2011 into the beginning of 2012. Yeah, when we made that record. What an amazing few years it's been. I know, you're telling me. I mean, it's fantastic for me because I go out and tour a lot with punk rock bands and ska punk bands here in the UK, kind of DJing and filling the gaps between the groups, sort of being like an MC host type thing. Uh-huh. And it was so long before you guys, since I last felt the same excitement about a new band, particularly in that scene. And, you know, here's this band that come from this this same lineage and line, but are fresh and, and new and, you know, 21st century, because so many of the bands in that world have been going for quite a while now. And it was just so exciting as a fan of that music for me to discover you guys and watch you grow. Um, was Punk and Scar your kind of collective musical DNA to begin with? I mean, yes. Well, thank you for what you just said. Yeah, that's really that's nice. Really nice. Um, yes, we love punk and ska very much. <laughs> uh, I think uh, when I was growing up, um, you know, there was so many, so much, you know, I was exposed to so much music. But one of the first bands uh, was one of the first, my first, besides Joan Jett when I was eight and some rock. When I was in eighth grade, I got exposed to reggae and bad brains so my brain when i heard the bad brains i was like oh my gosh this is like all the everything it just kind of felt like my soul um the sound of my soul uh was really really uh just sort of i don't know uh, it it kind of changed it kind of changed my life when i heard the bad brains but i grew up and there was a reggae record store between my parents office and my school so I had to walk uh to basically buy this record store every day and I had to stay there for hours and hours and hours until my parents got off work so reggae was a big part of listening to reggae that's where I discovered incense for the first time that's where I discovered the bad brains and um 
marijuana. Marijuana, yeah, all that stuff. Um, Lee Scratch Perry. What was working with Jimmy Cliff like? Man, Jimmy Cliff is, he is so talented as a singer and his voice is like never, he never lost it. And he's still so, so full of life, so positive. And, you know, when Tim and him first linked up, and we got the opportunity to work with him. It was like watching two masters at work. You know what I mean? And uh, we learned so much from that. And also, what a, just to be in a room with somebody that legendary and two guys that legendary, I mean, it was so incredible. And getting to, you know, be involved with a couple of his live shows. You know, we did Coachella and we backed him up. And that was, oh, wow. that was insane, you know, because here it is, 95 degrees in the desert in Palm Springs. And we're sweating and I'm thinking, I'm going to pass out. And I look up at Jimmy, who's got a couple years on me, and he is just running from one side of the stage to the next. You can get it if you really want. And I'm just like, oh, I better step it up. You know what I mean? Like, pull it together, dude. <laughs> That's so inspiring when you see lifers like that, like Iggy Pop, you know, someone who's kind of old enough to be your granddad. And then there they are on stage kind of showing everyone up. And you're like, wow, 100%. okay, well, I can't give it anything less than 200% right now because if Iggy's doing it still at his age yep yeah have you played some shows with him we did we did punk rock bowling and he headlined the day we played so another thing watching a master at work and just like you said like the energy he had it was it was pretty pretty amazing to watch and he liked us and he liked us he watched our set he said nice things about us blows our mind blows our mind and then he played us on his radio show so like and then he tweeted us yes shout out to Iggy Pop <laughs> we love you Iggy Pop the originator <laughs> I've noticed that a lot with you guys is these older bands are definitely kind of like getting excited by you as well Pauline Black who's quite a good friend of mine she's been on this show and she I mean when I first heard you guys I was like wow this is Pauline Black singing with Rancid and it's like the kind of amalgamation of all these beautiful worlds. I mean, there's a song on the first album, which is like Pure Scar. Um, and, you know, I guess that's a band that you've taught. Have you toured with them as well? Have you done shows with them? Yeah, we've, we've ended up on some bills with Selector and gotten to watch them. Um, but yeah, another, you know, Gaps and Pauline legendary, you know, unit. So great still. So, um, yeah, that's very nice of you to say, too. Yeah. Well, I saw you in Birmingham on the last headline tour that you did. And that room at the Academy, I've probably seen 500 shows in there. I grew up in Birmingham. I worked on Kerrang Radio, which was based in Birmingham. So you'd be hard pressed to find someone who's seen more shows in that room than me. And after the gig, I emailed Dan and said, that show that the guys just played is the best show I've ever seen in that room. Hands down. Hands down. Thank you. I'm not just kissing ass. Hands down. Because the... I think the reason people kind of latch onto you guys so much is it's all in the music. This going back to what we were saying at the start, this feeling that the kind of the disaffected, the the broken, the lonely, the lost can all get together and celebrate life and celebrate music. And that really, for me, is like a thematical thread all the way through your albums. Would that be safe to say as well? Is that kind of one of those themes that is very important for you guys to explore and celebrate and delve into? Yeah, I mean, we it's yes. We, we want to make unity music. We make unity music. Music that, you know, our song, Got Each Other, really, you know, if you are alone tonight, you can come with us. If you don't have friends or family or people that you trust, we will be your confidants, your sister, sisters and your brothers. We don't have much, but we've got each other. We want people to feel like, if you don't have anyone else and you, uh, 
and you are, are alone, you can come to a show and you will feel welcomed and you'll feel like family. When I'm on stage, I, 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 I never want it to feel like I'm singing at anybody, ever, ever, ever. And from the beginning of my career, I've always wanted everybody to sing together. When I was growing up, my mom played the accordion and I'm the youngest of four kids and we would all get around the accordion and sing songs together. And as I started in bands, I always wanted to take that with me. Like, why is everyone not singing? To, I don't want to just be me singing alone by myself at people. That's not what music is to me. It's just about all of us uh, singing together and uh, feeling that feeling of unity and, and love, feeling like you belong, you know? Yeah, and you know, especially the way the world is now, and just how divided people are the one constant is like music is always brought people together from the beginning of time from the first dudes to ever grab like you know a, a tree branch and hit it on a drum and just all dance together all the way up to like you know the craziest um electronic you know dance music it doesn't matter what genre it doesn't matter what era music has always been a unifier and something mm -hmm. that brings people together and and that's a beautiful thing about it for sure yep how nice was it for you after being a solo artist and kind of trying your hand at going alone to find these guys and you know a, a band for me should be a gang it should be like this kind of unbreakable unit and i know as kind of a dj that going out there on your own sometimes can kind of feel like an uphill battle and a very solitary existence yeah and then once you find like your your gang it's the greatest thing in the world right yeah exactly i i being a solo artist was really um lonely and depressing for me and it didn't feel like i've I've been in bands for more than I was a solo artist. I was only a solo artist for very, for basically two records. One record didn't come out, and then I did another unplugged record. But um, most of my existence has been in bands. So it's just going back to being in this band. It's just back, going back to my roots um, of what I've, I'm used to, which is having a group of people to sing and play with. Yeah. And what's it like for you being in a band with your bros? You know, we grew up loving the same music, and that's why when we met Amy, we all grew up loving the same music. And I feel like the good, the great thing about our band and is we all want the same thing for like our music. When we go into the studio to make a record, we're not confused on which direction to go. We're not like, well, what if we tried? You know, or, I want to do something like this, or I want to do something like this. Uh, you know, we all want to nurture and grow this thing in the same in the same way but also we look out for each other like family so you know the past year has been a lot we've had a lot of fortune in in our opportunities and with that comes a lot of hard work but we have each other you know to kind of lean on which is incredible also because you don't want it to feel like i don't know they say if you love what you do, you never work in a day in your life. You know what I mean? So like we are truly so fortunate to be able to play music and that is our lives right now. But having each other for when the times get tough makes it all worth it. And it makes it all sustainable, I feel like. Like I don't have to worry about these people because these people have my back and we have each other's backs. And, and that's just before the music and before everything is just the, our bond and our family. And we love each other. We do. This is no... No gimmick over here. This is, uh, 
Yeah. And to be totally honest, you know, when we started this band and we were going out and talking to nice people like you who were, were introducing our band for the first time, we didn't even really talk too much about how we were family. We were a new band, you know, and you'd be like, oh, you guys are actually brothers too. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're brothers, but we kind of brushed it off. But now it's like kind of like looking back on, on, you know, the seven years of being in a band and looking forward into our future. It's like that is our strength and our bond is the fact that we are a family unit, you know? Well, I think it kind of makes you unstoppable because there is no subject which is kind of off limits when you're having conversations that if you're not mature enough to address, then, you know, that's kind of what breaks a lot of bands up, isn't it? Yes. Is this yeah. inability yes. to communicate and get over the difficult hurdles by having those sometimes difficult conversations, but for the greater good and for a positive outcome. Yeah, we just say whatever it is whatever we want to say yeah right away <laughs> right away it's true like even uh, so our friend billy's been touring with us as our keyboard and horn i know guy. mr cottage very yeah, well okay so we were even talking about this last night and about the dynamic of it he goes it's so interesting because nothing's off limits and anything that needs to be said is said right away nothing's swept under the rug there's no grudges there's no silent resentments it's just you get it out boom you address it there it is and then it's done and then we move forward and we become stronger and we understand each other better and which grows to respecting each other more. And, you know, so I do, I don't take that for granted at all. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the fifth Beatle for a moment, if we can. So he's obviously not here now, but I think he's part of that family as well. Yes. Um, and I guess, first of all, for yourself, Kevin, how was it getting the call? Was it a call? How did the, the offer come about to come and join the transplants? It was really interesting. The band I was playing with at the time, the guitar player of that band was was he was moving away from music and more into like music management so he knew some managers who worked with the transplants and the transplants manager said hey we're looking for a keyboard player and i grew up loving rancid and when the transplants first record came out i went to three shows on that tour i was very aware of the band and a big fan of everything they did and a huge fan of tim armstrong as a songwriter and a producer so he knew immediately he said oh i know a guy you know i was 18 years old that's and, how old you were, wow. Yeah, I got the call. I go in there, um, and it was so intimidating, of course, because these are guys I've seen live and I've looked up to, and uh, I just, you know, played a little piano. Tim goes, all right, sounds good. Um, you want to come on tour? And then... That was the extent that was of the audition, was it? Yeah, it was it. And I, and I show up on tour, and I don't know, you know, anybody. I have to get to know them, so... It wasn't, you know, like a guarantee that like, all right, here it is. Here's my life from now on. It was like, I got to know Tim. I rode on a bus with him. We had a studio on the bus and he was writing, you know, he's writing every day. So I'm, I'm always in studios and I've always been an engineer and always really interested in, you know, collaborating. So I would just kind of go back and help him record and engineer stuff and help set stuff up. And through that, we built this musical relationship that kind of just went beyond the transplants and, and all the way through to the interrupters and to right now and uh learned so much he's definitely like not just the fifth beetle but he's like he's like our brother and you know he's in this family too for sure and amy for you as somebody who grew up i assume well i can probably presume from the sound that you guys have rancid were a big impact on your life yes as a, a young kid right yes the first time i heard rancid um it was I can't really explain it. It was just a spiritual experience because I grew up and I really didn't feel like I belonged. I felt um, very alone growing up. I felt like nobody understood me. I felt uh, angry and I had a really, a really messed up upbringing in childhood. And 
when I heard Rancid, I could cry just even talking about it. I really felt for the first time, I'm not alone. And there's other people out there that feel the way that I feel. And that there may be like even a community of people like somewhere out there that is is like me because I just felt so misunderstood. And um, yeah, so Rancid, a huge inspiration and got me through a, a really some really tough times growing up. So yeah, it's a working with him uh, is working with Tim and and obviously, you know, uh, got each other. We got all of Rancid on that song, but working with Rancid, being friends with them, uh, having Tim, you know, be our mentor, producer. There really isn't words to describe the level of profound gratitude that I feel for 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 the whole experience and for for my life. It just blows me away that that I get to work with my hero. And they took us on our very first tour. So we did we did yeah. the first record. It wasn't even done. We we quickly made two seven inches because we had nothing. They were gonna bring us on tour and we're like, we don't even have a record out. This is amazing. Like the opportunity it was so killer to be able to like have that a band that we look up to so much would give us that first opportunity and it was it was interrupters transplants rancid that was the tour and you know i was so excited to be touring with these guys i had like the transplants were on a tour bus and i had a bunk in the tour bus and i was like all right guys my bunk's open i'm gonna go in the minivan (laughs) with my band and we're all gonna sleep in one hotel room and i'm we're gonna do this you know yeah. We didn't do this right. I, I didn't want it to be a thing where we were separate. So, But the, what an amazing learning experience for that to be our first tour. It was almost like we didn't get thrown to the wolves, you know, but we were with a wolf pack, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It was like, it was incredible. And, uh, and that was our, I can't believe that was our first tour. Yeah. Wild. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Was the embracing instant from that fan base because it seems to me like it should and would have been because 
it's such a similar sound and the, the place that you're coming from is is as sincere and as profound where the fans instantly just like yeah you're with us you're cool i think rancid has a very loving embracing fan base but you still have to work for it you can't just go up there and just be like hey they're our friends and they love us so here we are you know you gotta we we had to figure ourselves out as a band and we really had to win each yeah. person over one by one go to our merch booth every night meet everybody i mean we still do that most shows but uh but yeah it's uh you definitely have to work for it. It's not like, all right. I mean, I'm sure a lot yeah, of... it wasn't like, oh, you know, because you're on stage and we're going to love you. Like, you, it's definitely, you got to work for it. You got to prove why you belong there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine you guys do that every night anyway, though, right? I can't imagine you're a band that ever phones it in. Definitely not. We're, uh, we work very hard and we analyze and try to perfect you know mistakes and we I, I don't I'm I'm a perfectionist and I'm always looking it was just a curse and, and a blessing but mostly a curse <laughs> but I'm always trying to figure out how we can improve what could be better um, after each show you know I my dad was a coach my uncle was a coach I grew up coaches and kind of that mentality of after a game you analyze it and while it's still fresh yeah so mm-hmm. when we got off stage I'm kind of like before uh, the sweat like has the dried rich, the buddy rich of ska yeah <laughs> what was happening out there what are you guys doing climbing on my stage yeah oh my gosh <laughs> no i just i just uh i'm i always trying to figure out what i could do to improve and how i could be better and um i try and be fearless and sometimes um if i don't have a good show like i'll keep me up all night and be like what could i have done why did i do that why when that person did that did i not do this like i just I have terrible insomnia, and I replay shows over and over and figure out how to be better. I can sympathize with that. That's night times for me. It's just lying awake with existential dread, just thinking back, going, did I? Should I? Yep. Will same. I? <laughs> same. And, you know, a lot of that existential dread, you know, I try and channel it into songwriting. So that's why it can be a blessing. The existential dread I can use uh, for... Um, Hockey chorus, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about the arena world when, when Green Day put their arm around you and say you want to come and do some shows with us? Obviously, first of all, that must have been like the honor and offer of a lifetime. And then the, the reality of that experience, what was that like? Yeah, when we first got that, I've, I've told this before, but when we first got the initial email and I opened up my phone and I saw the subject line said Green Day Interrupters, it was the scene in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when Charlie gets the golden ticket and runs back to his house. I was in the line at catering at Warp Tour in the breakfast line and the egg line. And anybody who's done Warp Tour knows once you get to the front of the egg line, like you're stoked. I was at the front, but I didn't care. I ran back to our tour bus nine in the morning. Everyone's still asleep. I wake everybody up like everybody. Look at this email. And, and it wasn't even that they were going to take us on tour. They were wondering if we were available for a tour, you know? And it wasn't guaranteed, but it was just the fact that, like, I saw our two names together. We all, our minds were blown, and we were like, yes, whatever we got to do, we want to do it, we want to do it. And then actually getting to do it was a whole other experience. And, you know, I, we can't say enough good things about those guys as people yeah. and as a band, obviously, growing up when we grew up. Huge. Um, and also, talk about a a gateway to punk rock for so many people like they brought it to the mainstream in a way where like 
you know. Well, they did it twice because they did it with Dookie and then they did it again like 10 years later with American Idiots. So I know. Two whole different generations of people were like, ah, that's punk. A hundred percent. And, and uh, you know, the funny story about that tour is like, obviously we're really nervous going into it, you know, and we want to like, they've never seen us live before. We've never met them. We show up, their first shows in Italy and we show up, but our bags didn't. So all of our suits didn't make it. Um, half of our equipment didn't make it and makeup her makeup. Yeah. So it's our first day of tour and we're like, I'm in complete denial. And I'm thinking, no, the airline's going to get it to us. They're going to deliver it. They're going to call. She was not, she was like, take me to, to a shopping center right now. I got to get this makeup stuff. So we go get this like makeup makeup stuff, stuff. (laughs) you know, like, and I had, we, we grabbed a couple of things and, and, uh, we just had the clothes on our back and we're having to do our very first arena show with Green Day. And yeah. I have no makeup, no clothes. Like it it was ter- it was as if it wasn't as if we weren't nervous enough. And we're completely uh yeah. well, these things are sent to test us, right? Yes. And at the time our aesthetic was completely black skinny ties, white button downs, you know, tapered trousers and we didn't have any of that stuff. It's about an hour before we're supposed to go on stage and we're like, let's just all wear Green Day shirts because we could probably go to their merch and get them. So <laughs> their tour manager comes in with one Green Day shirt for Amy and then Mike Dirt comes in and he goes, hey, I heard you guys, luggage didn't make it. I just want to let you know, like, we have clothes out here. Like, you know, your black skinny ties and your white button downs. We have that kind of stuff. Um, we can help you out. And we were like, oh, my gosh, like. So, so it was so surreal. <laughs> so surreal for that to happen, and then to him, I was almost like, it, "There's two sides of the coin." Because you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And so grateful. Now, like, they're like helping us, but then it's also like, "Oh, we didn't get to show them like what we do." But like, <laughs> that didn't matter, you know. We the fact that they embraced us in that way. We went up on stage in their clothes, played our very first show to an arena of people in Italy, yeah. and then <laughs> I know we didn't have our guitar wirelesses, so we're all kind of tied to our little positions. Our show was a lot about moving. around around and at that show we just kind of planted hunkered down did our show but i remember halfway through looking over and seeing the green day guys side stage dancing to our music and we were like this is just like it was a weird it was like a weird dream <laughs> you know really what i mean it was dream. so surreal i'm wearing one of their shirts like you know yeah, I, would, yeah. I guess there's no time to be nervous in that situation then right because everything is going wrong around you a hundred percent it was almost like we were too distracted to be nervous yeah I want to talk to you about a couple of individual tracks, if that's all right, before I let you go. And just oh, sure, yeah. some of the, the meaning and the inspiration. Uh, on a Turntable, one of my favorites, taps into that. Uh, music is everything, kind of, we're in this together, whatever life throws at us. Could you tell me about some of the, the inspirations behind that song? You know, the thing about that song is music, I know for us, is growing up was the one thing that was kind of a constant whatever like family issues or issues at home we had there was always music so it's a kind of about painting the picture of like when stuff in life is going really well or really bad it doesn't really matter because i mean it matters i mean it matters but you've got music to get you through exactly she said it way better than i did yeah and you know it matters yeah no matter what happens the the music when I got the music, I got a place to go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's literally, that is the sentiment of yeah. the song. And it's, you know, even like, all I do is worry, but I got no cares. Like, that lyric is like, you know, everybody has worries and worries, but when you turn on 
you know, your favorite song for that moment. You don't care anymore. And that's the feeling that music gives us. And that's the feeling we're always trying to create in our music. You know, if we could, that's, that would be the greatest joy in the world is to be able to make a sound that people could put on and just feel like, yeah. And, and the lyric of, you know, uh, I don't have a song. It's like that feeling when you, you don't even know how to process how you're feeling, but, and you don't know how to say it, but you can say it by putting on a song. Like, you could tell someone, I don't know how to say this to you, but listen to this song. This is how I feel. Listen to this song. Because if you listen to this song, you will get exactly what I'm trying to tell you. And sometimes that's the only way to convey a message to someone is to send them, a, to play them a song that explains what you're going through. And so that's that's what that lyric's about. And um, But also, you know, the, poli- the police were coming, and I did nothing wrong. <laughs> Technically, you... Technically... I mean, I did a couple things. Maybe I did a few yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like at the time, I mean, I was definitely... I think those were your exact words to the police. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. The, I did nothing wrong. I mean, I did a few things wrong. I was causing a bit of a ruckus in the neighborhood, but with some music and, and uh, I was being a little loud. But so, yes, I was causing some commotion in the neighborhood with, with noise and with music. And the police came, but I... I didn't think I did anything wrong. No, you wrong. did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. You're just listening to I was just tunes. listening to some tunes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that segues perfectly into the next one I wanted to pick up on. She got arrested. Is that mm. a true story? Because it seems like there's real characters existing within that song. There are real characters existing in that song. Um, but... Uh, we have to protect their... Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, there are real characters. Their identity. But n- nobody got murdered in real life. Um so it's kind of more like real characters if a fantasy were be, to be played out. And also I watch a lot of ID channel, you know, do you have the ID channel? We'd have it. Yeah, I think. So yeah. like a lot of murder mystery, a lot of true crime, true yeah. crime. That story is a lot, uh, myself and a lot of women that I know that have been in abusive situations and how I kind of fantasize, you know, how it could maybe play out it, but you know, but because of the law, it can't. Because of the law yeah. and all that, yeah. It would be good yeah, yeah. If it could. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, that's kind of why, again, going back to that rancid connection and inspiration, is that these seem to be like real songs about people who've been through real hard times. Uh, and Scar gets a bad rep sometimes for being like this silly, happy go lucky, like, you know, n- frivolous music. And I'm like, well, have you not heard? the specials or, or rancid or you guys like there's pain in this music as yeah. well and there's there's joy of course but it's about overcoming hardship and that's the, the the celebratory joy is not just let's put on a hawaiian shirt and have a good time there is a place for that and i do love that too but yeah. i think there's been a real lack in that that kind of a music for so long that bands can kind of just actually go to those difficult places but do it in a way that makes the listener feel better about life and themselves well, thank you. Yeah, we write about what we know about. I don't know how else to write about. You know, I don't know how else to write other than what I know about and to speak my truth and to uh, to process the pain. I don't know any other way to process my pain other than, you know, I don't drink alcohol anymore, um, but I used to drink large amounts of alcohol to process the pain because I... Then, but I don't drink anymore because it stopped working. It doesn't process any pain. It doesn't do anything for me. Uh, it doesn't work. Um, but what does work for me is writing songs, processing it through that way, and and hopefully 
making other people feel less alone because that's what music does for me. You know, that's what bands like Rancid and Green Day when I was growing up listening and going like, whoa, I'm not alone, you know? Um, and hopefully I can pay that forward. And some young girl out there in some town out there in the world, if she doesn't feel like anybody gets her, she can put on our record and go, I'm not alone. That's Fuck yeah, like Joan Jett did with you all like those. Like Joan yeah. Jett, yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, is Tim hands-on in the studio? 100%. Or does he kind of kick back and just let you guys do your thing? He really is the fifth interrupter. I mean, he's, he's just, he's, he's, he's as much as, as in the band is. is I mean, yeah, he's, as a producer, like, if we're stuck on something, he'll pick up his guitar and be like, well, how about more like this to transition from this part? Or how about we do this chord instead? Or like, or sometimes we'll bring him a song and he'll be like, that's great, record it. You know, it depends on the song, but he's totally hands-on. He's totally in it in the mixing process, in the sequencing process, when trying to figure out what songs to put in what order when we're picking the songs, you know. And we trust him because the guy's got a bulletproof track record, Operation Ivy, Rancid, Transplants. Like, he's he could probably write a dissertation about what it is to be in a band and be a band guy. So, like, as a producer, he's not just a, a producer that might sit there, chime in every now and then. He's been in bands his whole life, so he understands, you know, the inner workings and the subtleties and the personalities and just the dynamics of being in a band, which is such a great asset to have when you're producing a band because I'm sure producing a band is a lot different than producing a solo artist. You're not dealing with one personality. You're dealing with four personalities, and he knows how to do that better than, better than anybody. Uh, what is the plan now? Um, and do you feel like there's still so much more of your story to be told? Because I know that things are happening and it's really exciting right now, but it kind of feels like for me, you guys are just getting started in many ways as well. Well, that's that, that perfectionism in me it keeps me going. <laughs> mm-hmm. never, I, I'm going to always try and be a better songwriter and write more and write better and just continue doing what I, what I do. That's just what I do. I, I write songs. And I, uh, I try and make them not suck. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the opportunities we have now of all the, the touring and, and, you know, it, we don't take that for granted at all. So we're filling up our schedule right now and we're going as many places as possible and trying to, you know, to maintain a balance, trying to talk about writing the next record. And we already have stuff, you know, we go bouncing around the old noggin. And, uh, yeah, that's our future. Our future is making records and going on tour and, um, hopefully getting some good dinners in between, you know, (laughs) (laughs) did you ever make it back to the breakfast line after you found out about the green day show or was breakfast out the window? Breakfast was out the window. Forget about it. (laughs) Yep. Uh, anything else you can tease or tell us in regards to plans or is it all hush hush? Well, you know what I'll tell you is. I, I've been saying this the past couple of days, but every time we come to the UK, it gets better and better. We came in December, we did eight shows, and you went to the Birmingham show. That tour was, we felt so much love over here that we actually booked Slam Dunk on that tour. We got the offer to do Slam Dunk, and we said, absolutely, we'll come back. So that being said, we're not done over here. We're planning another run of dates sooner than you would think. And we have and, download. And we have download. We got download coming up. I don't know when this comes out. This will uh, be out probably after download. Yeah. All right. Well, download was awesome. We killed yes. it. <laughs> we we killed crushed it. it. It was awesome. Yeah, download. <laughs> um, but uh, but then after that, yeah, we're coming back. 
and I'm not going to tell you when, and I'm not going to tell you with whom, but I will tell you we are very excited about it, and we have a really fun um, package planned, and uh, and we and we're going to Japan. Yes, we're going to Japan for our first time. We've never been to Japan. Summer Sonic. Yep. And we're going, and Rance is going to be there. Yep. Rance is playing Summer Sonic, and so we're super stoked. Another way of being ushered in by our heroes to a place we've never been, almost like our first tour all over again. So that's exciting. Getting to go to new territories and places we've never been is exciting. And uh, yeah, and it's still yeah, like you said, we may have achieved you know what we've achieved, but it still feels so new to us and so fresh. And we're still so excited about the future and where we can take this that. Uh, that we still have that look of wonder in our eyes, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Wonder what's going on. I wonder what's going on. I wonder <laughs> what we're having for lunch. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it means a lot to me. Sorry we got off to a jumpy start, but I really appreciate your time. And congratulations on everything and good luck with, with everything going forward as well. I'm really excited to see sure. how the future unfolds for you guys, but I know it's going to be great. It wouldn't be a Scott here's a scott pun without a without a jumpy start you know what i mean pick it up pick, pick it, it up, up pick it up jump jump <laughs> jump jump thank you so much yeah for thank having you so us. much for having us and thank you to kevin kerslick yes and it was a pleasure <laughs> talking with you yes the interrupter Detective holds the sidewalk truck He said no media here, put your camera down Cause the sun turned up, no weapons found The suspect, he was just a child They stayed out late and he got profiled Now this town won't be the same The whole world knows him by name Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.